and I want to welcome you to another edition of Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest brings nearly 14 years in senior managerial positions at Dell and also a COO of mobile de- device screen company Funware Incorporated. Uh, today, he leads the first and leading human capital management company serving the cannabis industry, Work, spelled W-U-R-K, and I'm here with their CEO, Scott Kenyon. Scott, thanks for being on with us. Hey, thanks for having me this afternoon. So, Great to talk to you. My pleasure. Uh, we got a chance to go and talk to the folks at work back in 2019 on Plant Profits, and I want to just uh, make a point, you know, give a nod and our respects and, and uh, our condolences for the fact that you, you have become the new CEO, unfortunately, because of the tragic passing of Keegan Peterson, who um, we're, we're very sorry to have that happen and the circumstances being as they will, but uh, work continues to live on it's a company that allows cannabis companies to manage payroll human resources timekeeping scheduling and tax compliance and minimizes compliance risks in the ever-changing cannabis regulatory environment and your company this is a great point works with 80 percent 80 percent of the major multi-state operators in the u.s so there's a big that's that's a a pretty that's a fantastic uh, accomplishment and the praise that you get i want to take this here from Denver Business Journal. They gave a glowing testimonial from the likes of Morgan Paxia, who's co-founder and managing director of Poseidon Asset Management. In this statement, he said this, We are seeing an increase in capital flows to the ancillary areas of cannabis, which are essential tools for scaling a multi-billion dollar industry. Work has done a phenomenal job working with a range of operators in our space, from smaller new companies up to the largest MSOs to increase operating efficiencies and minimize compliance risks. Bravo. So talk to me about the level of responsibility. The industry has counted on work with you at the helm now, this company since 2015. Yeah, well, first of all, Murray, you, you introduced work better than I could. So maybe I should interview you. <laughs> uh, appreciate that introduction. But, you know, and I would like to give a nod to Keegan Peterson, our founder. He was a trailblazer early on in this industry. And quite honestly, I don't think our industry would be where it is today without him. So. Um, shout out to Keegan and, and a huge loss for me as a present person, uh, but also the industry. Um, and I know he's looking down on us. I'm proud of everything we're accomplishing and getting done, not only at the company, but the industry. Um, and, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, one of my new themes for this year or it was um, I want our company to be the stewards of this industry. Um and, you know, last year, our big theme was to be Smokey the Bear, right? I wanted to prevent forest fires for our customers. We've gotten to dealing with issues and helping our customers. But, you know, for us to go from a, a vendor to a partner, we needed to, to, to help them, guide them, to prevent them from making mistakes, right? And now the next evolution of that is how, how are we stewards for our customers and for, you know, the industry overall? How can we make this industry better, safer, um, less complex, easier to work in? Um, and that's really every one of my employees' um, goals. No matter how they interact with our customers or the industry, that's a that's a big focus for us. So much so that's in our performance plans for this year that people are going to have to describe how they were stewards for the industry. It's so comprehensive what you do. When it comes to what you call human capital management, you have payroll, yep. timekeeping, scheduling, 280E management, 
And also, you just recently expanded to offer 401k opportunities to cannabis businesses, encouraging corporate growth and employee retention rates across the industry, which at this time, you know, these cases of inflation and a bear market and all the things that are going on for people to have peace of mind that you're offering this 401k. These kind of things are so important. And just talk to me about you know, the level of resources provided and just being able to go ahead and manage expectations. Yeah, you know. That's been one of my goals since I came into the into this role um, was to bring in every attribute. And attribute is not the right word, but every possible solution that a non-cannabis business employee we wanted to bring that into um, the cannabis industry. I hired a new COO last September, coming up on a year. Wow, time flies. A year ago almost, and um, she came from 25 years um, experience in the payroll industry and HCM industry. And during the interview process, one of the stages where I said, hey, I need you to bring me 12 items that you're going to bring into the cannabis industry that's not here right now. And, you know, 401k was one of those. Well, we introduced 401k. Now we've introduced multiple employer plans, which allows companies to pick from multiple advisors so they can, one, negotiate a better rate which is great for the company and great for the employee, but also for the employee to get different. If you only have one guy, if it's just Scott may giving you um, guidance on your 401k, um, Scott could be great or he could be awful, right? Those aren't good odds. Uh, You don't go to Vegas and always just bet on black or or red, right? You you want to (laughs) spread it out. So, um, you know, that's been a a big, big piece for us. Um, So, yeah, at the high level, we just want to bring in everything. It's so hard operating a business in cannabis I say this to a lot of people. People don't realize it is just extremely difficult. So the more we can make our customers, the HR professionals' um, lives easier, that that that's our end goal at the end of the day. And if we could only make things easier with the help of uh, legislators, and just to kind of help out, and that's some of one of the things that I wanted to go and talk about with you on the program today, Scott. I want to go and just transition into that. Uh, this was interesting. I found out here where. We talked ad nauseum about the Safe Banking Act, the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, which I know would be helpful to many businesses out there to help in various aspects. And there's also another complementary type act that's also coming to space. I want to talk about that in a few moments. But first, this story came out with that the Conference of State Bank Supervisors, that's the national organization of bank regulators from all 50 states. They all weighed in on the ongoing banking issues surrounding cannabis, and they sent letters to both the U.S. House, House of Representatives and the Senate, stressing the importance of providing safe harbor for financial institutions, offering financial products and services to cannabis and or cannabis ancillary businesses under the Safe Banking Act. So the banks are showing their solidarity 50 states. That's wonderful. Uh, does it move the je- does that gesture move the needle in Washington, D.C., do you think? Unfortunately, no. Uh, yeah. And we've seen, you know, I, I think this is the the most high profile group of bankers to come forward. But, you know, last year we saw similar type things. Um, you know, this is and I'm no Washington insider. Right. No. <laughs> and and I kind of wear that badge with honor. Um, but, uh, from what I've learned being in this industry, you know, we're kind of caught right now between both parties, um, and they're both using it as a negotiating ploy and a time and, and 
what that causing is causing deaths on the streets. Yeah. You know, weekly, if not monthly, from robberies of dispensaries, they're sitting on just a ton of cash and a, you know, it, it, it's just putting people at risk. And, you know, I'm optimistic that with New Jersey coming on as adult use and mm-hmm. New York um, about to come on um, for adult use, that those politicians there, because they're very powerful, can really break this logjam of safe banking, you know, wherever it falls. I mean, there's no reason at this point, this industry is so big that we're, we need to have, you know, the, these, these companies need to have access to the banking services that everybody else does. And it just makes it more dangerous. Why would we do something that makes it more dangerous? I don't understand yeah. that. But, you know, obviously there's been a lot of different rulings over the past week or so that make a lot of things dangerous. So in this world, I guess I, I shouldn't be surprised anymore. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about that. There's so much to say about it. We're going to bring, we're going to get everybody up to speed on the whole idea of banking reform, specifically here on Blunt Business. We're going to talk about, first of all, the Safe Banking Act and where things have gone. Listen, and I will at least give credit where credit's due that Congress has made some, you know, pretty out there attempts to try to pass. And it's not as if this has not been focused on. Because we already know that in Congress, I mean, they need to win anyway, and midterm elections are coming up. And what a better way to go ahead and get some kind of a victory across that November finish line than to get something of cannabis being passed, because that is a bipartisan issue. Anyway, we're going to talk more about that after a short break. I'm here with the CEO of Work, W-U-R-K, uh, Scott Kenyon here on Blunt Business. And by the way, if you want to go and look for the website to learn more about what they're doing for the future of workforce management for cannabis software, enjoywork.com, enjoywork.com. We'll be back with Scott and more questions after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back. I'm here with Scott Kenyon, CEO of Work here on Blum Business, W-U-R-K. Uh, JD Super recently wrote, the Safe Banking Act has historically had success in the U.S. House. It's been passed six times as of this date, uh, as recently, and this is only a couple of days ago I pulled this article up, and most recently was in February of this year. It continues to just, you know, lose out in the Senate. While the bank, the, the, what we were talking about, the conference of state bank supervisors, that letters of offering public and forceful support of Safe Banking Act would ultimately contribute to the eventual success of the bill in the Senate, is an issue well worth following. However, under the current regulatory framework, financial institutions will continue to confront complex regulatory issues and remain in an awkward limbo when faced with customers seeking cannabis-related financial products and services from companies operating in compliance with state and even federal with respect to hemp and cannabinoids derived therefrom, cannabis rules and regulations. So you're in the trenches here trying to offer the support that you can with work, but if we're waiting for the safe banking act to come to muster, we've seen the attempts, you know, should we hold out hope that there's going to be a passage of this or should we wait for something else to come up? 
Well, I am a glass half full guy, so yeah, yeah. I'm optimistic that we can get there. Um, I think you mentioned earlier this may be a you know during the lame duck session. Maybe yeah. that'll happen. I, you know, I see it in three. My hope is in three stages. One is I hope we get it done before the elections, right? Come yeah. come August, I hope we can get it done. Um, and you know, every time I see more momentum. Um, I get excited and then I get frustrated when I see some, you know, a few steps back. So it might be one of those one step forward, two steps back. But then, you know, then it's, you know, whatever happens, there's a lot of things going on in the world. But can something happen as a Hail Mary right before the elections? I think that, that that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, and then where I will just hang my hat on is during the lame duck session. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of surprises coming out. Um, yep. during that session. And I hope that those are good surprises for Canvas. Um, it can't get worse, so there's not going to be bad surprises, but I think across multiple industries, there'll be some, and, and that's just history, right? Um, the, the lame duck um, session always has um, some very big surprises. I just hope it's Canvas's chance at the, at the, at the altar for those surprises. Oh my God. Yes, please. And by the way, I like the way you say glass half full, but usually the, the going term of the cannabis industry, especially on the radio programs here, whether it's the NCIA show or this one, the word is always cautiously optimistic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But it does. Everybody has that. Tri it's like, you have to say it. It's like, we have to just have hold out hope. Uh, yeah. Now, I want to bring up another act that came through because of safe banking. I cannot be enough. There's another one that is intriguing to me. And this just came out from Leafly recently. They reported on June 23rd. This is interesting as well. U.S. Representatives Troy Carter, a Democrat from Louisiana, Guy Reschenthaler, Republican of Pennsylvania, they introduced the Capital Lending and Investment for Marijuana Businesses, or CLIME Act. Of course, they always have that, that cute little acronym. If signed into law, the bill would enable cannabis businesses to access a wide array of banking services from lending the credit card services to money transfers. I guess we don't know much about it, working with banks in general. I haven't read the whole thing about this, but maybe you might have more context. But let me just make this point as well. This is the, the this is the catch, which is really nice. It would also allow the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, and other national securities exchanges to list cannabis businesses, providing them with a new avenue to generate capital and grow, to let them put out IPOs and become public on major exchanges, not just the pink markets, not just the OTC or the Canadian Securities Exchange. Now, the bill sponsors intend to provide targeted financial relief to small businesses and businesses run by veterans and members of disenfranchised communities, so social equity. So I wanted to delve a bit more on the Climate Act on top of what's going on with it. But first, should the industry have a preference on this bill? Do we just like what Safe Banking Act is? Would either one of these bills make the industry happy? Yeah, anything would make the industry happy, right? I, I understand the there's politicians trying to get everything, you know, asking for everything. Mm -hmm. But at this point, after multiple years, we just need to... You know, I, I always talk to the team as we launch new products. Let's crawl, walk, run. Um, we, we need something to crawl um, right now. And and honestly, I, at this point, I would take anything, whether it's decriminalization, whether it's safe banking, whether it's this climb, whatever it is. Let, let's go out there and do some some things. And, and you know, that'll gain momentum. That, that'll show these politicians they're not, you know, walking out on a plank. Right. You know, and, and being threatened to be thrown to the to the sharks. They're going to go out there. They're going to pass this and they're going to see, wow, 
my my uh, my constituents are actually happy with this, even though they have polls, they have all that information that everybody supports this. It really is um, around those the, the constituents constituents who are going to you know make those votes or cast those votes this coming November back in the spring or in the spring of 2023. Um, politicians are always looking to get reelected, so you know the more we can voice. Um, our pleasure or displeasure, um, the, the better it's going to be. So something even small and letting those politicians get some momentum behind them, I think is essential. But back to the basic question, I am, I don't have a favorite. I, I have a favorite. It would be safe banking, but at this point, I want anything to pass. Also, they talk about that this bill would be able to generate an estimated $22.7 billion in tax revenue through increased investment. So there's that part of that, too, that people can also expect. And would also bring $47.3 billion expected investments to support the growth and stability of U.S. cannabis operators and ancillary businesses within the first year. And also create 600,000 jobs, giving these businesses access to capital. So when you look at what the Climax offers in that investment point, because if you can't get the bank, banks to give you the money and lend you the money, the investors will give you more money because they'll see there's no red tape behind putting money towards the cannabis business. But then are there still some limitations that will keep investors from putting in? Yeah, I, I think eventually you hit a ceiling of what investors are willing to invest. Right. They're they're betting on the future and if the future keeps getting kicked down the street, you know, five years, 10 years. Um, that's going to put some some worry in, in investors minds. So there, I, I learned a long time ago that never, never think there's an endless supply of money um, that you can raise. Right. Um, and don't assume it's going to be there tomorrow. So I, I don't like that idea that investors are going to continue to do it. But more importantly, is investors are investing in big companies yeah. um, and medium-sized companies. But the you know the Jorge and Scott dispensary, they've got to go either raise it from from their family, friends and family, or they've got to go down to a bank. And today, a bank will close the doors on them. Yeah. So if they say, "Hey, I need a fifty thousand dollar raise to get my uh, or loan to get my dispensary open," there there's no no chance for this. So. You know, the biggest MSOs have plenty of access to capital. Right. Um, and at much discounted rates. I mean, it's becoming a monopoly. And then at some point, you know, that that's going to the federal government's going to say, hey, there's too much of an advantage for these big guys and the small guys don't have that. And, and the big MSOs are trying to solve this as well. Uh, by no means am I blaming them. They're, they're trying to get help social equity um, candidates to get their licenses and businesses up and running. Um, but there's only so much they can do. Um, and that's why you know, allowing the, the Banking um, Act to pass will really help yeah. small businesses. And I don't think people realize how much of a difference that is. If you go open up a hair salon, a bank's going to loan you money you know, twice on Tuesday. Um, and why is that any different than a, than a cannabis um, dispensary or grow, whatever it may be? Aaron Smith, uh, from a story I'm reading here about more about the Climax from CannabisWealth.co.uk, uh, He's the CEO of the NCIA, who has a show here on the network, uh, Cannabis Industry Voice. It makes a point about really relaying what you're just saying there. Quote, small cannabis businesses cannot effectively complete, compete excuse me, in the highly regulated and complex cannabis industry without access to capital and lending services. So I don't know if the Climb Act would be enough in terms of the banking, because I don't hear what the 
the interaction with banks would be as opposed to, you know, wealth companies or investment companies or just private investors themselves. And to me, I still don't feel like where without legalization, it's I don't know if that's that's why I keep thinking about where investors, it's not enough for them to go ahead and make the jump and say, well, I still can't put my money into this because I don't know where the industry is going. We don't know what yeah. the future is. So I'm just worried about that. And that's um, I, it's a good attempt. And I appreciate them trying to go and put that across. But there's more to go and talk about that. I'm going to bring that up after a short break. We've still got a few more things to bring up because we can look at what the are what, what are the implications if the climax becomes the act to push forward. And that becomes the one that goes into law. And we'll also look at uh, one of the reasons why the Safe Banking Act is still hitting some rough waters right now, because they, you know, the Senate and the House, they keep doing things where they want to implement it into another bill, which always has some kind of complications. We're going to talk about that more here with the CEO of Work, Scott Kenyon here on Blunt Business. Again, the website is enjoywork.com. Look at that while we go ahead and go to our break. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Welcome back. I'm here with Final Questions with Scott Kenyon, CEO of Work, W-U-R-K. Website is enjoywork.com. Uh, security, excuse me. Well, actually, I'm going to bring that before. Uh, Clark Hill. Uh, law firm, they recently wrote about what will happen if the CLIME Act is passed. We were just talking about that before the break. If passed, this would remove many of the roadblocks preventing the development of more functional capital markets for the cannabis industry in the U.S., and many industry players will likely see renewed interest from investors, which we mentioned as well. While CLIME will not itself transform a poorly performing company into an investable comp- opportunity, many sideline players should feel comfortable again to play the game. Seeing companies that will list on the NASDAQ or the NYSE should then be possible if those companies otherwise meet the quantitative and qualitative listing criteria of those exchanges because the U.S. listing should significantly boost their visibility and universe of potential investors as well as their trading price. And more, the more viable candidates will see investor interest even before moving to a U.S. exchange. So besides the banking communications, the other things I don't see about this bill are the 280E issues and the tax relief. Have you had a chance to look at anything all about this? If there's anything embedded into, the, into, into that act, if much like the Safe Banking Act does, I don't know if the CLIME Act has this. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not a CLIME Act um, expert yet, but that's my understanding as well. There isn't anything around 280E, um, which it obviously will help our industry a ton, um, but it, it is the, the main thing that I noticed about it was the access to the NASDAQ and NYSE, which is important, right? At, at the end of the day, I think there's two reasons why we're all in this industry. One is it's an amazing plant and does some amazing things for people that, that we know of already and many unknown attributes that will come out over the next 10 years. But the other is to, you know, reduce the illicit market, right? And, we can't we can't do that if if we're having trouble getting access to capital because the way we get prices down to compete with the illicit market is to bring is to bring prices down. And to do that, we have to have scale. We've got to have access to capital so they can they can grow their business quicker. So at the end of the day, I think we always have to remember, you know, level ourselves out with those are the reasons why we're here. Um, and in certain states, the illicit market is still strong and if not even stronger with, with rec and med use. 
Um, and that is because of the, 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 the obstacles and the cost of running these businesses. Mm-hmm. 280E drives up the cost. Um, access to capital drives up the cost. Um, all the different taxes that they're putting on this, way more than any other industry, drives up the cost. So uh, I, I think it is. I know our politicians are in a, in a tough situation, but they've got it. We've been going the same way for so long. We just we're just asking them to pivot a little bit, 15, 20 degrees so that we can see how does this market really respond and how does that really generate additional taxes, additional income for these owners um, and great product for our for our consumers. And when it comes to 280E, I would always go refer back to everybody. Let's go ahead and check out the interview I did in August 2020 with Jason Brown, founder and CEO of Foresight financial CPA, certified public accountant, especially in the cannabis space, a lot of clients there. I would definitely go ahead and tell you to go back and look for that for reference. And you know, same thing goes also for uh, Shannon Scott we talked with, with CLV tax breaks, just a couple of, you know, if you want some more context on 280E, because there's not never enough reported about it. And that's the whole problem there with that, uh, that part. Now, uh, another thing I want to take from Security Info Watch, uh, they recently wrote that legislation designed to help the U.S. better compete economically with, with China. Yeah, this is something we're dealing with, and it's I'm bringing up China competition because the Safe Banking Act is being embedded into that bill. <laughs> They're trying to do that now in the latest attempt by Congress to try to get you know the Banking Act passed. So the idea is that China won't allow banks to provide financial services to legal cannabis businesses according to the provision's author. Uh, Representative Ed Permuter, he went on to say that, quote, the Senate continues to ignore the public safety risk of forcing cannabis businesses to deal all in cash in the week of the Senate's inaction. People continue to be killed. Businesses continue to be robbed. And employees and business owners in the cannabis industry continue to be excluded from the financial system. Well, you know, they're speaking really big. Now, this China competition bill of which the Safe Banking Act they're trying to put into this particular bill would provide $52 billion in subsidies to boost domestic semiconductor production and to help the part with the chips that we cannot get on cars and other uh, products. So it still comes down to the fact they need 60 Senate votes to go ahead and pass this compromise bill. Republican leaders say that the cannabis bill trying to add it in here doesn't fit with the measures in the China competitiveness package, and prominent Democrats want to pair the banking bill with social justice measures. So they continue... And I'm not pointing either side. We're apolitical in this program, but it's like it's the continuous both side, two party system. They can't get to a compromise enough to get the 60 votes when the House has already done it six times as we talked about. So we're back to another stalemate again. Now, Scott, when you look at what we were talking about for the midterms leading forward, you know, we we were, again, half glass full, cautiously optimistic. What would be the outcome that would be best Coming from D.C. at this point, do you think the that Lane Duck session in August, the midterm elections coming up, is that going to be enough urgency for them to go ahead and give cannabis the votes they need? Yeah, and I also think, too, you know, you, you quoted uh, Representative Permutter um, yep. from my home state of Colorado and where we're headquartered, um, that, I mean, he's done so much for this industry. Right. And I don't know if you know this, he's retiring this year. Um, he's not seeking re-election. He's going to retire. And, um, you know, I should have mentioned that earlier. That's kind of my hope is they, they send him out with a bang. Um, I know he's close with um, House Speaker Pelosi yep. and with Schumer, um, and they've worked together on, on different things. But um, it, it's 
I, I really hope we get this passed for many reasons, but he's one of them. Um, and he's lost a lot of probably political capital really fighting for this as much as he has. So yeah. um, I appreciate that in this day and age. Um, but, but to your question, I, again, uh, if I'm a gambling man, I would, I would bet it's lame duck session, but um, I'm hoping something can get done even sooner um, as I mentioned earlier, but I, I do think it's a lame duck, lame duck session type deal. And, um, and if not, you know, we're going to keep, I, I don't want to, I've kind of been kind of negative on some of this stuff here today. If not, we're going to keep fighting, right? Oh, we're yeah. going to keep grinding and we're going to make this better for our customers, um, the companies, um, for everybody, because, um, you know, this is a great industry. My, my 83 year old mother uses cannabis to help treat her arthritis. Right. And that's, that's, that's ridiculous. And then, um, that, that, I mean, that's great. It's ridiculous that there's not more access to that. Yeah. Um, I actually live in the state of Texas. There's no, there's basically no cannabis in, in Texas, um, which is awful. There's, there's a very small, I think it's like under 800 people qualified for the, the cannabis that is approved, um, from a medical standpoint, but, um, it, it it's, it, it, it's frustrating, but it's also so exciting to see what's coming down the pipe. Um, and as, as more innovations come out, as these companies get better and better at serving their customers, um, this industry is unstoppable. And, you know, the, the politics will come around. Um, I wish it would come around faster, but you know what? I wish my hair would stop falling out this fast. So you can't always get what you wish for. Um, but all you can do is focus in on what you can control. And that's what I talk to my kids about. Every day, you control your destiny, right? Go out there and don't focus in on things you can't control. Focus in on what you can. And this industry is going to do that, and we're going to make this world a better place. Yeah. Well, with Texas, it's, I mean, it's the bare minimum that they even allow for medical marijuana, and that's just for patients for intractable epilepsy uh, to allow at least le something less, cannabis oil less than 0.5% THC. But that doesn't cover everybody else. I mean, this yeah. is where... When federal legalization comes into place, states that are b badly underserved, this will be best for that case. But uh, also, you know, when they start seeing the legitimacy of the industry, I mean, whatever states are not following along suit with the rest of the 39 other states that have already went ahead and put medical into place or the ex 11 or 12, I guess it is now that are adult use, then everybody's going to just follow suit. But this, we can cut everything down the amount of time for patient for people that can be potentially medical marijuana patients to go ahead and cut the amount of time to get the that care to them and allow doctors to prescribe to get to that point so it's one of those things it doesn't get talked about much or as much as it should but i will like i said i will give the politicians they are trying to make the effort i mean they have tried i'm not going to deny it and I'm going to see at least thank you for at least maybe if we don't have to put it into other bills, I get it. But, you know, I don't think you can put it inside of another bill that doesn't fit. And then that's the continuous arguments that are there. There are enough politicians that will go ahead and compromise and put themselves together to make it bipartisan. But it's the device that goes on. I mean, if this was different times. And we were at, we're at, I think we could have these kind of things happen, but we need a functioning legislative system to be in place so that these kind of things can be handled. I mean, just pass the laws, please just do that. That's all we're yeah. asking for. 
Well, anyways, Scott, I want to go ahead and wrap things up. Again, the website is enjoywurk.com. Obviously, we mentioned off the top of the show that your company currently works with 80% of the major multi-state operators and obviously offering payroll, human resources, timekeeping, scheduling, tax compliance, and minimizing compliance risks. We And I will say it over and over, compliance being so important, you do not want to be the next can trust where you have billions of dollars of product you have to throw away because of compliance issues. And we know that every state has their own set of standards that we always recommend go above and beyond those standards. Those are just bare minimums. Make sure it goes above and beyond. Obviously, in Colorado, they have a high standard, and that's what you're always uh, – I'm sure that's what you make a, a point of uh, to go ahead and make to these companies of when it comes to compliance, what they should be doing. Talk to us about for those that have not had a chance to work with you yet, and they should – what should they do when they go to the website? Yeah, you know, you can you can deep dive into each one of our products, our product offerings, and figure out where is a good fit for you. You know, it doesn't mean you have to sign up for everything. What we ask is just let us get in and show you what we can do, and then give us a chance at other pieces of your business. Um, whether it's just basic payroll, let's go do that. If it's performance management, let us launch that. If it's applicant tracking system, scheduling, whatever that may be, we want to be stewards of this industry and make their lives easier. Um, I think it's easy once we get in there and prove our worth. And we've learned a lot over our seven plus years of existence, right? It, it's, we have a lot of scars on our back yeah. um, from learning that. And, you know, there's a lot of people coming into this industry. They haven't gone through those experiences. We have, I was just talking yeah. with a big MSO this morning that's going through an acquisition. And we have a playbook that we just lean up, give to them and say, here are the, here's the, the typical roadblocks. Here are the, you know, the challenges, whatever it may be, um, so that they can plan effectively for it. And then, and same thing, when a, a small business owner um, talked to me last fall about, I really want to build up this company to be acquired um, by somebody else. What do I need to really focus in on? You know, we're able to, to talk to people about that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, again, when you come to our website, and we're launching a new website this coming month, um, we want it to be a an experience that you walk away like, I think I really should go try this product. Yeah. What's the harm that's going to be in there? Because once we get that chance, I guarantee you the work family is going to take care of you in a way that you've never been treated. And we're really looking forward to, to, to adding people to our client list and more importantly, you know, helping out this industry to get to where we all think it can get. And let me stress, not just MSOs, but small, mid-sized, large businesses can all go ahead and get involved in this platform. Again, the website is enjoywurk.com. And I'm going to hear with CEO Scott Kenyon of Work. Really taking time out. Thank you so much for talking to me about all these different subjects when it comes to the banking reform and various things that we're waiting to have to add to the arsenal of helping companies succeed and really thrive in the in cannabis industry and you know, really great work that you guys at work have been doing right now with Huben Capital Management. And I'm glad we always give you a chance to give that platform to be on the program. And, of course, let's definitely keep in touch. For sure. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, listeners, for listening to another Blunt Business. Make sure to subscribe and share. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's very important to us that we get the word out. And those rate and reviews, the ratings of five stars or reviews, help a whole lot and if you need to reach out to me for anything in terms of guests topics ideas things we should be talking about in the program just want to reach out to me directly the website or me my email excuse me is 
Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.